All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Good morning, good morning, Nico. Good morning, Bertha. How are you? I'm fantastic. So what's on your mind in regard to motoring this morning? Well, you know what? The first um, thing I want to talk about is somebody asked me um, about cleaning their car engine. And they said, you know what? At a car wash, is it, is, it a, is it good to clean the car engine or not? And because you see it quite often. Um, and uh, personally, I'm, to start off with, I want to say I, I like a clean engine in a car. So I don't really like an engine that's dirty. Um, of course, um, if the engine is clean and there are any leaks of anything like oil, for instance, you can easily see it. But the big thing is when you're cleaning an engine, you have to be quite careful because um, those high-pressure hoses that they use to clean your car, um, the pressure on those things can be from 10, po- 10 bar, which is extremely high, up to sometimes 100 bar. If you hold your hand in front of that, you know, it'll hurt your hand. And the same thing applies if you, you, your car's engine... Um, of course, when you're driving through water, water will get there. But um, there are electronic bits in there. There are rubber bits in there. There are seals. And if you're sticking that high-pressure hose really close to those, that you can actually damage the engine. So there is a chance that water can get into the electronics. And there is a chance that you can damage some of the rubber seals in the engine. So if you are cleaning the engine, uh, um, I would be very c- careful with water there because you can actually mess it up. So in other words, if you get to a car wash and they've got a high-pressure cleaner in there and they're sticking it all over the engine, um, it's something I wouldn't recommend. So in other words, if you really want to do that, um, you need to do it properly and probably more from a distance as opposed to you know, getting in there. Um, just, you know, generally, my feeling is always I like a clean car and I like to keep the car clean. So washing it often, uh, for me, is a good idea. Um, I'm not necessarily a big fan of the tire shine stuff. It looks great, but some of the things they put on your tires um, really quickly attract the dust. So your, your tires look clean for a little bit, and then you drive on, let's say, a little bit of gravel, and the tire actually looks horrible. Um, cleaning on the inside is the same thing. You know, I, I think a good vacuum cleaner and just a wipe down with a wet, wet cloth I think is good enough. Um, I'm really not a fan. If there's anything I hate in a car, it's that silicone rubbish, and, and there's still some places that use it, and that actually just makes it shiny. Uh, it collects dust. Uh, in the long run, I don't think it's good for the car's plastics to use the shiny silicone stuff. So for me, just a wet cloth um, is easy to clean it up. And if your car's older, then, you know, sometimes you get a, a brand new, just a smaller paintbrush and a small, you know, just dampen this paintbrush. And then you can stick it into those air vents and clean the air vents, and you know, all around the small little uh, spaces in there that gets a little bit of dust. And that's the way I, you know, I keep my car clean. And lastly, of course, with windows, good old newspaper still does a fabulous job of cleaning the windows in the car. So that would be my feeling of, of the basics of washing or cleaning my car or looking after it. Mm. And now that you've spoken about, uh, you know, the interiors and using all these products to make your car shine, what really causes, you know, when, you're, when your interiors start cracking? I know there's the effects of the sun, but could also the products that we use uh, to, to, to shine our interiors, could, be a, could it be a contributing factor? I think possibly it could be, especially, um, you know, if you're using it from the start of the car and that contributed to the, the fact that the car is in the sun. Um, there are really products, by the way, that are fabulous. So I have to say that there are certain products in the car that really work well, but there's also cheaper products that don't. Um, so one thing I'm not a fan of is, this, like, as I said, is a silicon, especially a, a shiny silicon for the dash. But there are some, some materials that work well on plastics. Leather, for instance, my car recently 
Um, I had somebody that cleaned the seats for me, but with a very good leather, almost like a leather polish. So the seats, the seats weren't shiny afterwards. The, the leather actually felt a little bit softer. So you do get good products. Um, um, but just at the end of the day, actually, the sun is really a killer for your car. Um, uh, it doesn't matter you know, who, what brand or what make it is. When the car is standing in the sun day in, day out, the plastics will start fading. Um, it, it, uh, eventually, the plastics probably will start cracking on the dash because it, you know, it gets the sun all the time. So I would be careful where I park the car. But the same thing applies. If it's under a tree and birds are messing on the car, you need to clean that off. If you leave that for a long time, and that can actually be quite acidic, and it'll actually make um, spots on the plane if you leave it and then clean it out. Especially another thing is, yeah, another thing, one more, sorry, is if your car is standing under a place where there's um, it's a, a, some sort of tree that sheds um, small leaves or small seeds, it's also not great because, especially in the front where your front windscreen is, they will get into that, that area because that's fairly open. And those little seeds sit there forever. You know, they don't really get out of there. So, um, Ideally, um, under a shade, um, some sort of um, harder shade is ideal. And sometimes you just the car stands in the sun that day, but it's not the best thing for the car, I would say. Mm. And I wanted to find out, um, you know, there's some people who strongly, they're staunch believers in using dishwashing liquid uh, as as the as the you know as the shampoo for the car. Is that advisable? I, I personally wouldn't say so. Great for your dishes, but not great for the car. So um, you know, if you look at how much you spend on the car. You know, even if you consider it the most, the cheapest car or just an entry-level car, you still spend a lot of money. And if you're buying a brand new car, it can be 300,000 rand, it can be a million rand, it could even be more. Uh, and if you spend that much money, why not look after it well? So rather buy a good um, soap that's meant for the car uh, as opposed to dishwashing liquid. I, I really don't think dishwashing liquid is a great idea for the car. Um, it also has things like little rubbers, you know. So in other words, it's not just the metal, by the way, in the car that you have to look after. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. And talking about the dishwashing liquid, I would also not put dishwashing liquid into my water. You know, when you're cleaning your windscreen, mm-hmm. that water solution, um, uh, when you're putting dishwashing liquid in there, um, there is a chance that that liquid eventually would clog, clog up those small little pipes. I mean, if you look at your dishwashing bottle, um, at the end of its life, you know, you, the soap starts sort of, um, you know, getting a bit harder around the, 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 the neck, you know, where you're press, pressing out the soap. So what will happen is um, if you're putting dishwashing liquid into your water solution, it could eventually clog up those little water pipes. So you haven't used your, 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 your wipers for, your, 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 for a while and then the water doesn't actually spray out. So in my cars, normally I just put water in there. You do, overseas, um, they actually have an alcohol that goes into the water, and that actually helps to, to clear the snow and ice. It does actually help with the bugs as well. But again, you know, I wouldn't put my clip griff or my, my brandy in there. Um, it's then a special alcohol solution that goes into the water. So be careful what you put into the water as well. The worst thing probably, again, is some much liquid um, into the water because it could clock. Yeah. So there's a new vehicle on the market um, that you, I'm sure I'm killing you uh, with anticipation so that, you know, for you to spill the beans. Tell me more. Opel Corsa 2023. Yeah, you know, the, the Opel Corsa life. Um, uh, Opel in South Africa at one stage, you know, um, was quite a big brand, very popular. It hasn't been, you know, that let's say, that popular recently. Um, they, they've had these little cars. Um, and the Opel Corsa Light is effectively saying, listen, we, we have a car in the entry-level um, 
segment. And, I, and I, I, when I'm saying entry-level, it's sort of, I don't know if there's a mid-entry-level, but it's not, you know, the cheapest entry-level car. We, and we'll talk about the price, you know, in a little bit. It's around about the 350,000 rand mark. Um, but what you're getting as a well-built car, and a, a German car, and I normally do believe in, uh, you know, I think there's, there's something to say for, for the way that the Germans built the car. So the first thing that really is the heart of this car is the new engine. Um, that's now across the range. So for the first time, the light actually gets a 1.2-liter three-cylinder petrol engine, 74 kilowatts, and 205 newton meters of torque. So this is really the big difference here. The 74 kilowatts, not bad, but having 205 newton meters of torque actually means that it's a real little nippy car. You know, it's a, the, 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 the performance around town feels great. The car never, you know, it doesn't feel heavy to get going because it's not a very heavy car. So um, I think that's something that's really a, a, you know, in its, a feather in its cap, this little engine. If you look at the previous car, only um, with the Corsa range, it was an entry-level car, but it was a non-turbo 1.2. Mm. So having the Corsa light as a 1.2 turbo, I think makes a big difference. And it should also make a difference in your fuel consumption um, because the turbo engines normally have to work, don't, they don't have to work that hard to get that mass of the car going. So I think that's, first of all, a, a big benefit for the Corsa light um, is the engine. Um, and then, of course, the, the specification really, I think, is good for an entry-level car. If you look at um, LED headlights are standard, uh, air conditioning, front electric windows, you don't really need ones at the back. Um, I think your kids might be surprised. A lot of kids haven't seen manual, manual windows, but, um, you know, again, to keep the price down. Type monitoring, which I think is something quite good, you know, looking at the condition of our roads in South Africa. Lane-keeping assist, the standard system that keeps you in the road. And the 7-inch touchscreen radio. And that actually works, you know, it's really quite user-friendly. So um, as the entry level, so that's the, the standard car, then there's an upgraded edition that has slightly higher spe- spe- specification. Um, and then you can go for the uh, elegance, but then the price jump is quite a lot. So if you're looking at the entry level, I think the course of life makes a, a, you know, a good statement. If I just let's talk about the styling, what do you think of the look? Have you got the I, yes, there? I've got I've got the picture. I'm looking even at the boot space is actually quite good. For me, lately, all these cars are beginning to almost like look alike. <laughs> it could be my lack of understanding the dynamics or the aesthetics of, of how they look. But I think it actually looks quite, quite snazzy. It looks quite beautiful. It's unlike the first Corsa that we had, that little uh, mm. bug-looking uh, car that we had previously. Exactly. That, that little round one. I had a Corsa Bucky that had that bug shape. And it was actually something I really liked. I, you know, I had it for quite a few years. Um, so there was, it was a nice little buggy in uh, Bucky rather than uh, a friend of mine had that little round shaped Corsa. So this one is much more grown up. It, it really feels if you, especially when you look at some of the competitor cars and you compare it with them, it almost to me feels like it's a segment higher. It, it really drives well, you know. So if you look at something, uh, you know, the comp- there's, there's quite a few competitors out there and we'll talk about that in a sec. But um, it feels to me slightly, the bigger, you know, like a bigger car. It, it drives well. It's well insulated um, inside as well. Everything really works well. It's you know it's well laid out. This the strange. This is going to be the strangest thing. But the thing that actually irritated me about it is the position of the wiper and the indicator stalk. Mm-hmm. So I'm used to cars where they are at a position that is. Uh, if you look at a watch, three o'clock and nine o'clock. In other words, they're sort of in line. And with the course, they sit a little bit higher. They all they almost at um, let's say ten o'clock and two o'clock. And that's the only thing that, almost, that irritated me is the, the way they sit. That's the strangest thing I know. But 
that irritated me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but but apart from that, let's. Know, I think uh, Nico, I just need to take a, a, a small break, and we'll be back, and we'll continue with our conversation. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. And I am speaking to Nico and, of course, talking about the Corsa that's new on the market, 2023. And I like the reputation. A Corsa has always had a very good reputation when it comes to speed and, and, and smoothness. And this particular one, the new one, looks really, really, it looks beautiful. I mean, you know, you look quite neat if you're on the, on the road. And I was, looking exactly. at, I was looking at the colors as well. I mean, orange or is it burnt orange? That's it. I think, you know what, a lot of the time with cars, if you're just getting a standard car, it looks okay. But if you get a, a nice bright color, and I think the, the course I'll lend it to that, a bright color, some nice mags, suddenly the car, you know, transforms the car to really look good and stand out. Um, so, as I said, it, it's a car I actually really enjoy. I think everything is laid out nicely. I like the, the touchscreen entertainment system. The, the car on its, you know, as a whole is actually... Quite really, uh, I think a well-built and a, a good proposition. And of course, you can go to the high specification car, as we said. In other words, if you really want to, um, you can go to the Corsa Elegance. Then you get things like a digital cluster and 180-degree camera view, um, and you get things like Android Auto. In other words, um, uh, mirroring your phone. You can get a dynamic driver assistance systems like um, radar cruise control and emergency braking and pedestrian detection. So you can really go um, up in the specification quite a lot. So if you want to have, you know, a high-spec Corsa, but for me, the, the light actually, I think, is a good value proposition. So what you're paying and, and what you're getting in the car, I think it makes it worthwhile. If you look at some of the competitors, so um, the Honda Fit, as an example, um, uh, 89 kilowatts, but it's normally aspirated, so only 145 um, newton meters of torque. So it doesn't have the torque. Kia Rio hatch, 1.4, same thing, 73 kilowatts, but 135 newtons. Doesn't have a turbo engine. Mm. Um, if I go to the Mazda 2, fabulous car, um, 85 kilowatts, but again, 148 doesn't have the torque. So um, I think the one that really is uh, one more Hyundai uh, i20, that's a one, one liter turbo, 50 kilowatts, and 172 newton meters. So, of course, the turbo makes a difference. Although I must say again, the Corsa almost feels like it's a slightly bigger car. The hardest, um, you know, competition for this car easily would be the Polo. The VW Polo 1 liter TSI mm-hmm. uh, is slightly more expensive, but it's the popular one in South Africa. You know, there is such um, a, a big selling car. A lot of people just, if they can get a Polo um, um, and, and, and with with a roof, that you know, then they're good to go. So mm-hmm. I think the hardest competition would be the Polo. Um, but price-wise, it actually undercuts it, and it's and the same price as a Vivo. And if you drive the Vivo and you drive the, the Corsa Light, the Corsa Light actually feels to me like a bigger car. So I think you need the pricing, because I'm sure that's what you're waiting for. The pricing for the um, Corsa Light is $349,900. Um, and the one that's slightly, um, but 7000 only is the Corsa Edition. So that's $356,900. So in this segment, definitely it's a car that you have, I think, have to look at when you want to buy a hatch um, for yourself. And as you said, you know, add some colors, 
and add some nice mags and you've got yourself a very nice little car. Mm. And um, I just want to let um, our listeners know that I know that we really have been getting excited with this new car. Uh, if you want to ask questions, well, uh, Nico can answer those questions. 0614104107. Nico, I don't know whether you've heard about this. In Zimbabwe, they have the Honda Fit talking about, you know, uh, compatibility and, and, and easy mm. to maintain. So the Honda Fit, they've got a Honda Fit that just took the market by storm and they call it mm. a Shiga shiga. shiga shiga meaning that it's it's your little run around and very very mm. fuel efficient and you see it on the road every other second car is a honda fit and i thought wow uh honda at this point uh when they made uh, that particular make uh, they must have you know really got it so right you know what um uh, honda as a brand i'm i'm a big fan of honda um they um Especially when you look at reliability, and I think maybe that's one, you know that's one of the strong selling points of of the fit is reliability, because um, you can you know, Hondas just keep going; they just don't have issues. Um, so uh, I can imagine that if your pricing is right for the fit, what you're getting is a small car, as a countable car. That um, you know, I think the fit before, if you look at the Honda Jazz, you really know you'll know what the fit is. So think of a Jazz; that's really what the Honda fit is. So it's yeah, it's, it's a good, reliable car that's going to keep on going for a long time. So that's, that's obviously the benefit of Honda. They're not that popular, unfortunately, in South Africa. Um, but the people that do drive, them, I can tell you, they love them. Only They really don't want to give them back. They love them. So definitely the fit. But the downside in South Africa is the pricing of the fit um, isn't that necessarily that competitive. They're great cars, but, you know, the, the, the pricing makes it a little bit more expensive. So let me just get the pricing for the fit so I can really mm-hmm. say... So the the one so in other words the one one point five is the comfort three hundred and forty seven actually exactly the pricing of um, the course that we spoke about then they're getting a little bit more expensive so the the elegance three hundred ninety one the executive four hundred twenty three the hybrid I think is really the cool one but that's unfortunately around about five hundred nine thousand rand so that really goes up mm. but yeah. I would say if you're looking around at the course so why not have a look at the fit as well because it's a car that you really like. Yeah, but I suppose you know what your reliable brand that you know that you like. I suppose you know you stick to it. But there's nothing wrong with trying something new. Nico, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. And um, information details, if anyone has questions, and um, then they should phone into the show or send us a message, and I can answer. Absolutely, <laughs> and we get we get all excited, huh, on Saturday mornings when we talk about cars. But thank you so much for joining us on the Jet Set uh, Breakfast. Thanks very much. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Same to you. Same to you. Nico Schmidt, our petrol head, and of course, uh, sharing some insight on new cars, good cars, efficient cars, and of course, with the new one on the market and reasonably priced. 300s, 350, not bad for a, a Corsa E 2023. And it seems to have some really good reviews, uh, good boot space. And um, in terms of reliability, I think we've known Ocosa to be a good car, unless if this one presents something slightly different, well, that's another conversation for another day. So anyway, 